You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. The Life Tree Community Church Podcast. I'm going to share just a, a short message with you. It's a lie. Every pastor says that. A short message, right? You say it all the time, you know, when a pastor looks at his watch, you know what it means? Absolutely nothing. That's right. Absolutely nothing. So, so good to see everybody here. Thank you for being here. Um, how many of you are like serious movie people? Like you love movies. You watch a lot of movies. Yeah, you're, yeah, only four of you. Really? All right, four, a few of you. All right, you enjoy a good movie. See, when I watch a movie, I got some rules, right? I want to be entertained or I want to be inspired. I have no interest in movies about real life. Like, those movies that are just, you know, like, oh, that was so real and so raw. Like, I live that every day. I do not understand. I want something that's taking place in a galaxy far, far away, right? Or, uh, you know, in just something, I don't know, something really moving. Um, one of my favorite movies for pure entertainment's sake, pure entertainment, I mean, it's just candy, right? Just straight up candy, is Pirates of the Caribbean. All right, Pirates of the Caribbean. There you go. How many of you have seen this one? Maybe you've seen this. All right, so most of the room, you've seen this one. Um, quirky characters, right? Great music, like dun 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 Yeah, you hear it, right? Uh, lots of adventure. And one of the main characters is uh, Captain Jack Sparrow, right? Come on, Captain Jack Sparrow. Yeah, and I'm not talking about Johnny Depp right now. It's not about him. It's, we're talking about Captain Jack. Um, that's something else. Something else. So Captain Jack, if you haven't seen the movie, just for those of you, you're like, I have no idea what that is. It's not real. Not real. This is fiction. Um, based on the ride from Disney. <laughs> so they started with a, with a ride and then wrote a, wrote a, made a backstory to it. But he's this really terrible pirate who is just pathetic at being a pirate. Um, that's, that's who he is. Um, and yet, for some reason, he becomes this very endearing, sympathetic figure. You know, they write it that way. And like every other pirate, he is consumed with treasure, right? Just buried treasure. He's on this quest. Um, if you remember from the movie, there's this one thing as it opens that he's desperately in need of in order to get to his treasure, right? What does he need? Anybody remember? He needs a, you know, a boat. He needs a ship, a boat. Yeah, the crew is great, but he can't get to the treasure without a boat. He's a pirate without a boat. Like, what good is that, right? Um, now, I have to pause here and acknowledge that I have this uh, syndrome, okay? I have a, a disease. It's, it's the pastor's curse, okay? Uh, great friends of ours and fam family, basically. Um, Pastor Jeff and Heather are here from Freehold um, Assembly of God, and just so incredible people. Honored that you're here, but you'll know exactly what I'm talking about here. Um, there are sermons everywhere. We're surrounded by them. It's the pastor's curse. So, like, I could be watching a movie, and instead of just enjoying the movie, I'm seeing sermons. I'm like, oh, man, illustrations galore, right? I'm reading a book, illustrations everywhere. I go to the grocery store, and I'm, like, picking fruit, and I'm like, oh, there's a, there's a, there's a sermon here in this apple, right? Like, it's everywhere. You can't avoid it. Like, it's nonstop. Um, my entire life is just one big source for, for sermon material. Um, and so am I right? I mean, you, yeah, it's just, it's just in there. So anyway, I make no apologies. It's from the movie. It's a sermon illustration. Here you go, right? It is what it is. We all need a boat. <laughs> we all need a boat. 
and not a physical boat with masks and masts and rigging and rudders and, and a crew and although that would be cool. I don't know if any of you actually have boats. Anybody has, you know, any, any boats? Maybe maybe not that kind of boat. I don't know, like that kind of boat. But um, that's the Black Pearl, if anybody's curious. That's from the movie. Um, uh, but we need solutions because the boats represent like a solution for a problem that we can't manage on our own, right? He, he wants treasure, but he can't get it without the boat. The boat is representative. It's just a metaphor for this, this help we need, this thing we need to get us to something that we want that we can't do on our own. It's a solution for a challenge we cannot manage alone. And humor me for a moment now. Just imagine, right, that you're standing on the edge of the ocean. Just imagine, uh, wouldn't that be nice? Maybe you're like, yeah, it'd be nice to go to the beach. Okay, right, nice. Just standing at the edge of the ocean, whatever temperature you want it to be. And you know that waiting somewhere out beyond the waves for you, right, somewhere out there is treasure. The treasure of your heart, whatever that looks like for you. Um, but it's so far out that you can't swim to it. Couldn't like you wouldn't even be tempted to take like the you know the lifeguards canoe like you know and ever see those ever see those lifeguards getting in there? I mean with the boat like that like the rowboats I mean that's impressive like I mean the thing is like and they're like yeah no problem I'm like yeah I'd be hurling everywhere that's oh that's terrible I would I anybody thinks you could be an ocean lifeguard anybody ever been an ocean lifeguard like at the beach I mean pools one thing that something else. They go swimming like for miles. I don't understand it. Um, but now, so imagine that you can't even see this, but you know it's out there and you're stuck on the shore, right? So you need a boat. You need a boat. Now, what you start to see is others around you and they are getting in their own boats and they are going out and they're, they're hitting the waves and they're going over there, right? Um, and they're venturing out into the water and some come back in their boats and they're telling you, hey, this treasure out here is awesome. Right, this treasure is great. You got to come. You got to get in your own boat and come out here and check it out. The treasure is amazing. And then there are others that come back with like ripped clothes, no boat in sight, and they're like crawling through the surf. Like you know, like their boat is gone. I don't know what happened to it, but it was bad. Right, and they're like barely surviving. Like they're just coming back, and they're and they're just they're talking about how awful this experience they was, and they can't wait to get out of the water. And then there are other people actually like sitting next to you on this beach, right? And they're just, they're just sitting there next to you. Um, and some of those people are wondering if there's, they're just sitting there going, I wonder if there's actually any treasure out there at all. Right? They're like, I'm not sure there's actually anything out there in the first place. Like, never, I mean, I've actually seen somebody come back with treasure. I mean, I've seen people say they have it, but I haven't seen it. And then there's others that are sure they're sitting next to you, and they're sure that there's no treasure out there. They haven't gone to look, but they're sure. And they can tell you, listen, don't even waste your time getting in a boat. You just, it's just, it's just you're wasting your, your time getting out there See, because somewhere inside each of us though is this desire to find out for ourselves right there's this there's this sense of like i know what these people are saying and i know what i'm seeing and some people seem really happy and some people seem like it's been an absolute disaster but i i'd like to know for myself i'd really like to know for me and i just submit to you that faith is a boat faith is a boat that takes us on the journey into the unknown, towards treasure that we've heard, that others have told us about, that's out there. And it compels us to search for this. And for some, faith seems to lead them to real treasure, right? And they're like, man, this is, I'm living the life of faith, and I'm telling you, it, it's never been better. 
And they spend their life calling others out into the sea. Like, come on out. There's, there's, get in your own boat. Come on out. There's this amazing stuff out here. And others never even step into a boat of faith, <laughs> unable to believe that there can be any benefit from it. They're like, nah, that doesn't, that doesn't exist, right? And then there are others just that are shipwrecked <laughs> along the way. They tried. And they get shipwrecked along the way. And they're hurt by the whole experience. And they're really reluctant to get into the water to try again. Over the next few weeks, we're starting off a new series, and we feel compelled to speak to those who have either found their faith shipwrecked, so maybe that's you, maybe you're like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm shipwrecked and I'm absolutely out of this, or you feel like you're heading that way, or maybe you feel like you're still sitting on the beach, and you haven't actually really, really tried this. Um, to those who want to believe there is this rich treasure of faith somewhere out there, but maybe you've yet to experience it for yourself. Um, so I don't know where you fall on this. Maybe you're skeptical that there's anything real out there. Maybe you've been doing this for a long time, but you're kind of like, you know, I've never really seen treasure. I've been out in the water for a long time. But I don't know that I've ever actually gotten anywhere, like, special. I don't know if I've gotten anything really, I'd say, is, I mean, it's been nice, and I don't know how great my faith is. And so we want to talk about all of these things. Maybe you're surrounded by a family or a social circle that's telling you, like, what are you doing? You are wasting your time. This is a fool's quest. And maybe, maybe you've been out there in a boat right now and your boat is sinking <laughs> fast. It's taking on water. Um, or maybe you feel like you are, you're under it. You are at the bottom of the floor of the sea and you've just, you just, you're done. So each week what we're going to do is we're going to look at one simple step. What's one thing that you can do? to perhaps rebuild the boat of faith, to rebuild your, your boat, how to repair the faith that perhaps along the way has just been dismantled for whatever reason. Perhaps it's been storms, perhaps it was you, perhaps it was others, and enable you to find out for yourself if there really is treasure somewhere out there. There really is something out there, and believe it or not, we have something else in common with, with, uh, with, with Captain Jack. You ready? He has this magic compass. Uh, it's a little dark, but you can see he's got this little magic compass over here, right? Um, and, and, and here's the thing about his magic compass. It doesn't point north. <laughs> and people are very skeptical. They're like, uh, they think it's broken, and he's probably too far gone to even notice. Like, that compass, like, this is a fellow who's following a compass that doesn't point north, like, Every good captain knows in any storm, no matter where you are on the, on the seas, you can get disoriented. You need a good compass. He's got one. It doesn't point north. But we come to find out he knows something that the others don't. See, it was never meant to be a compass that points north. It was never meant to be the point of that particular piece of equipment. It's a, it's a special compass, a magic compass, if you will. Um, it points towards the longing of the heart of whoever's holding it. Isn't that interesting? So it's a compass that will point in the direction of whatever the person holding it, whatever they want. It will let them know if what you want, it's that way, or it's that way. It will guide you. Um, you know there's a sermon in there, right? You can all see that. Like, you can all see. Like, I'm not making this up, right? It's right there. So listen, having a boat is necessary, and it's important on the journey, but also knowing which way to go once you're in that boat makes a difference too. It's equally as important. We need faith, we need to believe, and we need to know where to go 
once we're walking in that faith. We need to know how to avoid the dangerous places and how to navigate through the storms. So, are you ready for some good news? Ready for some good news? Here we go. We all have a magic compass. <laughs> and it does point north, um, but not north geographically. Um, it's critical for us to avoid the shipwrecks in our life, this compass that we've been given. And I'm going to read about it. I'm going to let the Apostle Paul tell you about it. He actually tells us about a magic compass that Captain Jack Sparrow has that we have too. He, he, read it. he wrote this letter to his young friend Timothy. We can pick it up, 1 Timothy chapter 1. It'll be on the screen behind me. You can read along. And this is what Paul is telling his young friend about magic compasses. He says, Timothy, my son, here are my instructions for you based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier. May they help you fight well in the Lord's battles. Verse 19, he says this, cling to your faith in Christ and keep your conscience clear. For some people have deliberately violated their consciences. As a result, their faith has been shipwrecked. Let's pray for a moment. Heavenly Father, help this word to make sense. Help it to penetrate our heart. And Lord, let us get out of this what you intend for us to hear in this moment. In your good name we pray. Amen. Paul warns his friend. He warns him of one cause of shipwrecked faith. There can be lots. We're just going to talk about one. Of faith that fails to endure the waves of life. Of a faith that's not able to carry the soul on the journey. And here is what he says it is. It's a deliberate violation of conscience it's a deliberate violation of your conscience he says timothy my son whatever you do do not do that whatever you do don't do that cling to your faith keep your conscience clear if you want to go the distance if you want to discover the treasure in life that faith will carry you to the treasure that's out there way way past your ability to gain on your own, let me just tell you, my young friend, do not violate your conscience. What's he saying here? He's saying, you know, Timothy, what is right and what is wrong. He says, you know it. There is something inside you that knows. And he says, do not ignore it. Don't suppress it. Don't pretend you can't hear it. Don't deliberately do what you know is wrong. He says, Timothy, let me just tell you, if you do what you know is wrong, let me just tell you, it's the death blow. It's going to be like a cannon across your bow. It's going to sink your ship. The very vehicle intended to carry you to the treasure of your heart, it will send that to the depths. He's reminding Timothy of the gift of a conscience. Our conscience is a gift. It's a gift from God. It is our magic compass. We all have this magic compass called conscience. And it doesn't point to the north that this world believes is north. It does not work. And everybody else is going, I think your compass is broken. And, and we say, no, it's not broken. It's just pointing to something else. It's instead, it instead points to the truest north. And here's the best part. Ready? Everybody has it. Everybody, every single one, which means you have it. Every single person has one of these magic compasses. In Romans, Paul talks about Gentiles, which are people who have never heard the story of God like the Jewish people had heard it. These people who didn't grow up under religious uh, law, 
People were never taught right and wrong from a religious context. They didn't go to Sunday school. They didn't go to you know, their, their Hebrew school growing up. The Gentiles, were, they, they didn't grow up in, under this religious law. They knew, they knew like Roman law. They knew the law of the land. They understood the laws of the world, but they didn't understand the law of God as he had revealed it. And so Paul says this. He says, even Gentiles, 2.14, says, even Gentiles who do not have God's written law show that they know his law when they instinctively obey it even without having heard it. Verse 15, they demonstrate that God's law is written in their hearts for their own conscience and thoughts, either accuse them or tell them they are doing right. What he's saying here is very simple. Right and wrong is not a learned behavior. It's not a social construct. Morality is instinctive. It is planted deep within all humanity. In every moment, we have this awareness of what is right. And when we do it, our conscience affirms it. When we know what's right and we do it, there's something inside us that goes, good job, good job. That was right. You know it. Pat yourself on the back. Good. And there are times when we violate it that our conscience accuses. You knew better. You knew better. What are you doing? You know that was wrong. We have all laid awake at night Right with the pain of regret, of knowing we violated our conscience. Right? I don't have to preach about that. We have had enough sermons of our own because we've lived it. Everyone has this sense of right and wrong. How is it possible? How is it possible that everyone has this sense, and it's very simple, God wrote it into our code. <laughs> our conscience is not some internal part of us detached from God. It's a gift God planted inside us. We are formed with it. He wrote it on our hearts. Literally wrote it on our hearts. You don't have to have heard the stories of the God of Israel. You don't have to have heard about Jesus to know that murder and lying and stealing and, 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 and cheating, that all those things are wrong. You know. We know. We don't, need a, 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 we don't need a document to tell me that. I don't need a government to tell me that. I know. I know. Because it's hardwired inside me. God has given us all a compass. And the reason he's given it to us is because he loves us. Because he loves us. There are times we drift. There are times that we, and, and to be clear, we do not drift from God because God doesn't leave us. <laughs> but rather we drift from the faith. We drift from our belief. We, we drift from living the life that we know we're supposed to be living. We drift. God never leaves us. You can't drift from God. He's with you wherever you go. You can't drift and be like, God, oh, i got to get back to you. you. God never left. But we drift from where we know we're supposed to be. Sometimes it is deliberate and sudden. We know and we go, I'm not doing it. And we, we know what we're doing. It's a fist in God's face. We know, and I'm not doing that, and we walk away. But other times it's gradual. We don't necessarily plan it, but we don't really stop it. We just sort of let it happen, one step at a time, one inch at a time, until we find ourselves so far from the faith we once knew. We are not without hope. Isn't that encouraging? Isn't that encouraging that we're not without hope? See, because we always have the means to find our way where we're supposed to be. 
we have this compass inside us. You like Captain Jack. Even if you don't have a boat, you've got a compass. <laughs> you've got this thing inside you that God has hardwired into your soul that lets you know how to rebuild and restore and reconstruct what you perhaps have allowed or what has, has fallen into disrepair. All right, so what? So what? Let's get to this point. So what? That's nice. Thank you for the nice... We, we, we pastor talked about, I don't know, pirates. That's what we talked about at church. I don't know. Some pirates, boats. Uh, there were fish before service. I don't know. Something about that. So what? What difference is it going to make when you go home? Back to work Monday. When you move on with, like, life. So what? For some people have deliberately violated their consciences. As a result, their faith has been shipwrecked. Knowing what is right is not enough. It's a gift, and it's not enough. It's not enough. We have to choose to do it, to keep that conscience clear. Because you'll, you'll know. There are plenty of people who know what's right and wrong and simply don't care and do what they want. You know anybody like that? Anybody like that in the room, right? They do what they want. It's not always defiant. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's you know, sly. Sometimes it's a little more slick. You know. But there, listen, people know what's right and wrong, and people just do what they want to do. Sometimes, actually, we know what's right, but it's agonizing. It's hard. It's really challenging. And that might be actually the most hard part. We, we know what's at stake. We know what's right. But for some reason, we wrestle. And those are the moments. Those are the moments. There was a rich young man who asked Jesus what the key to life was. So what's the key to life? And Jesus responds that it's to do, you know, to do what's right, to, to love others, to love God, and you know, all the things the law commands. And, and the man says, I've done all that. And he says, he says, well, listen, here's what you just need to do. You know, he says, let go of temporary treasure in exchange for what's eternal. He says, give away, he says, give away what you have to the poor and just come follow me. It says the young man knew what was right. It was right there in front of him. He had just heard it. It's the way forward to a true life, to an incomparable life. I mean, it was going to be the life he was asking about. How do I get that? Yet we're told, right? This young man who wants it, who desires it, who knew exactly what it took, and it says he went away sad because he couldn't bring himself to do it. It's not enough to know it. We've also got to do it. I imagine that young man went away in tears. In that moment, he was ultimately choosing to allow his ship to sink. To say, I'm going to reject what I know is right. I'm deliberately violating my conscience. There's just something in me that can't do it. And he went away sad. It's tragic. Keep your conscience clear. Do what you know is right. Listen, no matter how small, no matter how big, Every right step is a step toward rebuilding a faith that will carry you through the journey of life. For us, it's critical that we refuse to deliberately violate our conscience, and we do it more than we want to admit. We do it all the time. We know better, 
and we do what we want, right? We do what we're tempted to do. We do what others uh, would just sway us to do. We do what everybody else is doing, and we know it's wrong, but there's just this constant pressure to follow somebody else's compass. And God says, I put a compass in you. You know it's for your good. It's going to lead you to exactly what you want. Trust it. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. It's, it's a promise. You follow his compass that he's put in you, you will end up richer than you could ever imagine. It could be big. It could be small. I want you to think over this past, this past week, maybe, maybe today, were there moments you knew something was right in the last week and you choose to, chose to do something else? And that's, oh, it's just like, oh, right? It's that feeling of, man. Listen, there are critical moments. Maybe there was something you felt like you needed to say, something you felt like you needed to help, someone you needed to help. Maybe there was a decision you know you needed to make, and the, the, the question is just very simply, what did you do in that moment when you knew what was right? And listen, it doesn't mean we need to do everything right. This does not say do everything right. Right? It says, don't violate your conscience. It's not about perfection. There's grace for those moments when we're not sure. Life is full of moments we don't know what to do. Right? There's all sorts of times when, when I don't know the right thing. There are lots of those moments, right? And, and in those moments, what we should do is we should pray for wisdom. We should pray for clarity. God, help me know. Help me discern what is right in this moment. And wait until we know. But I don't want to talk about that right now because that's easy. If you don't know, you pray about it. There's so much of our life we do know. If we would just focus on the stuff we do know, we got enough for a lifetime right there. Are we doing what we know is right? We know exactly what to do. There's this voice inside us, this conscious, a compass that's just ringing out Go right, go left, stand still, go straight. You know what it is. You'll hear it. See, the starting point of rebuilding or building faith is simply today. Starts here, right now. As you stand on that shore, do what you know is right. So what did you say? What did they talk about at church? Very simply, do what you know is right. It's not a complicated message. It's very simple. God has given us this gift. No one doesn't know what's right and wrong. We know all that we need to know. We may, not, <laughs> we may have days we're not sure what to do, but we have all we need to know what's right today. Tomorrow can worry about tomorrow. It has enough problems of its own. You'll understand more tomorrow than you do today, but today, today. And here's my thought. If violating our conscience is what sinks us, or what sank us, then honoring it and responding to it is what will restore us. That's what will put us back on top of the water. It sounds simple, and it is. It doesn't mean it's easy. I'm just going to tell you right now, buckle up. And I, I, I don't want to say this, but it's, I would be negligent not to. Because... There are going to come some moments, maybe on the drive home tonight, 
in the next 24 hours where you know what's right to do and there's going to be war in you. And you're going to have these moments. Do This is so stupid. This is something so dumb. I don't, it's not that big of a deal. Right? Do not deliberately violate your conscience because it inevitably always leads to shipwreck. It will sink your faith. There is an enemy who wants to keep you from the rich treasure of the life of faith. And every step you take in the right direction, every step you take that, is, that you know is good is a step away from that enemy and a step toward the treasure that God has for you. So I want to end with this and close with this. I'm going to ask Jen and the team to come up. I want to tell you this one thing, ready? Just listen to this. There is treasure waiting for you. There is treasure. She's, we sang it. All my life, he's been faithful. He's been so, so good. Not, doesn't, mean, doesn't mean our life is perfect. I mean, everything she said. Do not give up searching. Do not be discouraged by those who have suffered shipwreck of their own or by those who have never even made an attempt to find out. Do not let the voices of those following different compasses. Do not let them tell you what north is. God put it in you. You know. You know. God has planted it deep inside you. Very simply, follow the voice of the Lord in you. You don't have to be super spiritual to pick it up. We can feel it. You know it. I'm going to close with this promise from Proverbs. The fears of the wicked will be fulfilled. The hopes of the godly will be granted. When the storms of life come, not if, never if, when the storms of life come, the wicked are whirled away but the godly have a lasting foundation. See, the godly have a boat that can endure the journey. Faith will get you there. There is treasure. It's worth it. Just simply let's do what we know is right. Let's just pray and then we're going to close with a song. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, you know the internal wrestling that goes on. Perhaps that no one else perceives when there are matters of conscience going on inside us from the smallest moments that nobody else will ever know about to the most visible, public, defining moments of our life. Lord, you give us the gift of a compass to guide us. You wrote it on our hearts. You've shown us what is right and what is wrong. God, let us guard us from deliberately violating that. Forgive us for those times where we have because we all have. Every single one of us has had a moment where we knew what was right and we either we put our, our fist in your face and said we won't or we pretended we didn't hear it or we ignored it or simply went away sad because we couldn't bring ourselves to do it. Lord, forgive us for those moments. 
And Lord, we come to you asking that you would give us the courage and the faith to do what we know is right. Let us rebuild and begin to put back in place those things that we've allowed to fall into disrepair. God, we ask you to do it in our own lives. I pray for everyone here, for every single one, that you would have the strength to do what you know is right in this week ahead. That that there would be clarity about what's right. That you have the courage to do it. God, give us that strength. May we encourage one another. We're not in this alone. And it's going to be worth it. You are so good. It's in your wonderful name we pray. Amen.